Hi, I'm Amanda and welcome to Self. On this podcast, I share ideas, experiences and have conversations to explore the self. By developing our own self-awareness, we can show up better for ourselves and those around us and hopefully all live happier and healthier lives. Today's episode is the first of a three-part series on attachment styles. I'm going to be talking about attachment theory, the different types of attachment styles, the role they play in relationships, and how to determine your attachment style. So I wanted to break this topic up into three episodes just to allow some time to digest the information in between and to really do it justice. So this first episode is very much just talking about attachment theory and how to identify what your attachment styles are. I really encourage you after this, if you haven't um, heard about attachment styles before or you haven't explored this topic, then to do a bit more reading on it to find out what your attachment style is and then come in for next week's episode when I talk about my attachment styles and the role that they've played in my relationships, how I've seen them show up. And then typically what we see as common pairings and attachment styles. In the final episode for this series, I'm going to be talking about tips for managing your attachment styles um, and how to show up for others when you start to identify and notice um, other people's styles. So I've got a lot of notes written down here. I'm going to be reading a lot for today's episode because I want to make sure that the information that I'm giving you is obviously correct um, and to be able to communicate what exactly attachment theory is. Now, I first learned about attachment styles probably three years ago when my um, friend and therapist told me about this. So I had noticed certain behaviours, certain thoughts that were coming up for me, quite anxious feelings and very anxious thoughts that that would show up in my relationship and he asked me if I knew what my attachment style was and I was like nope no idea haven't heard of this and so he sent me a quiz I went through did that and then we explored this idea a lot and the more that I spoke to him about it the more that I read up on it it made so much sense to me now I do want to preface this by saying I am obviously not a psychologist. The information that I'm giving you here in this episode is stuff that I've read up online from various uh, sources, which I will include in the show notes and information that's been given to me through therapy, as well as from my own personal experience. So the idea of attachment theory and attachment styles comes from John Bowlby. He trained in psychoanalysis in the 1930s, but started to discover that psychoanalysis focused too much on the internal world and kind of as a consequence ignored the environment around us. He was trained and worked in a psychiatric hospital Um, and worked in developmental psychology as well as child psychiatry. 
And when he was working in a hospital, he observed two children under his care with two very different ways of being. There was one child who was quite distant and emotionless and another child who would not leave his side, his vicinity, um, and kind of consequently was referred to as his shadow. So he came up with this idea that as humans, we have this innate need to bond. So attachment theory argues that a strong emotional and physical bond to one primary caregiver in our first years of life is critical to our development. And basically that means if our bond is strong and we're securely attached, which is one kind of attachment style, then we feel safe to explore the world around us. It means that we can go and we know that it's okay to come back. We know there's a place to come back to. If our bond is weak, then we feel insecurely attached. That looks like being afraid to leave and explore this scary world because we're unsure if we can return to a safe space. So basically this theory is that bonds are innate. This human bond is innate, attachment bonds. And when as children, if our immediate need for a secure attachment bond is not met, then the child feels threatened and will react accordingly. And then if this stable bond is not met consistently, then a child can develop social, emotional, and even cognitive problems. So this idea um, of being developing our attachment, our bonds as a child, is that it starts to shape our behavior and kind of our way of being in the world and with relationships around us. So if you want to take a minute and just think about, well, what was my relationship? What was my bonding like with my parents? So if you take a classic example of, let's say, so part of the theory behind this is, let's say a child is crying and is in need and you have a parent who tends to that need, can come in and the child feels safe and feels heard, feels like their needs have been met, then over time this bond creates a secure attachment. If on the other hand the child is unsure, if there's no safe space, if they're crying and they're unsure of exactly what it is that they need but no one is tending to that, then typically an insecure attachment develops over time. So let's break down what the different attachment styles are. So we have secure and insecure attachment styles. For insecure attachment styles, it breaks down into three different ones. So altogether, we've got four. I'm going to read a lot of this information off attachmentproject.com. This is such a great resource with easily digestible information, breaks everything down. It's got a quiz on here for you to find out your attachment style as well. I'm going to include a lot of this in the show notes. So secure attachment is characteristic of people who easily trust others. These individuals are attuned to their own emotions and can easily attune to those of others. They are comfortable with intimacy and can easily communicate their thoughts and feelings. So Obviously, as we develop our our bonds and our attachment styles as kids, this affects our, our way of being and our relationships as adults. So in a secu- if you're securely attached, this is characterized by the ability to handle conflict calmly, 
to feel comfortable both in relationships and on your own, to differentiate thoughts from feelings and to maintain a balanced sense of self and confidence. So in order for a secure attachment to develop, there are a few things that a child needs because this all stems from childhood. You don't, you know, obviously like we were all children at one point and so there are certain conditions that have to be met in childhood in order for an individual to grow up and to have a secure attachment. If these conditions aren't met, then that's how you develop an insecure attachment style. It's more likely that you develop an insecure attachment style, sorry. So the five conditions for a secure attachment are that the child feels safe, the child feels seen and known, the child feels comfort, soothing and reassurance, the child feels valued and the child feels supported to explore. So what this looks like in a lot of in studies that they've done is parents would let a child go to go and roam free and play, a group of children, in fact. And so the children who were happy to go and explore and to play, knowing that their parent was just there, that they knew they could return and they had a safe space to return to. This is where you could identify even in children that they will they already had a secure attachment. On the other hand, what leads to insecure attachment styles is when there's, first of all, a perceived inconsistency. So the child feels incoherence in whether their needs are met. So this inconsistency can be confusing for children who feel that their caregiver or caregivers are ultimately unreliable. They may have felt rejection or neglect, and that's whether or not, you know, your primary caregiver did this intentionally, purposefully, or unknowingly. If the child has felt that their needs, particularly their emotional needs, are not being met, then, and they also feel that they're not appreciated or understood uh, for who they are. Um, another thing, another experience that can lead to insecure attachment styles is a sense of fear. So that can come from, you know, like actually alarming inducing situations, um, such as a traumatic event or from kind of small, what could be perceived as like minor situations, but just feelings of rejection, neglect, um, or, experiences that result in a child feeling a sense of being unloved. And so these experiences, of course, shape who we are as children forming into adults, and then these attachment styles form. So the three different types of insecure attachment styles are anxious, avoidant, and disorganized. So an anxious attachment style is identified by in people who essentially have an extra sensitive nervous system. So typically these people, which I'm one of them, (laughs) um, may struggle with hyperactivation of emotions as well as hypervigilance for something going wrong. So in the case of those who are anxiously attached, the typical fear is that of being abandoned by their loved ones. Um, this attachment, 
like anxiety typically stems from an inconsistent parent who would be attentive at times and then misattuned at other times. And so the main signs of an anxious attachment are catastrophic thinking, such as picturing things going very wrong very easily, uh, a positive view of others but a negative view of themselves, putting great effort into relationships to the extent of self-sacrifice, so kind of a classic people-pleasing but I'm going to go and overextend myself, and then immense difficulty with receiving criticism and rejection. So that's an anxious attachment style. Then you have an avoidant attachment, often known as dismissive as well. And this presents in people who typically downplay their emotions or dismiss them completely. So there's a bit more of a detachment here. Uh, These individuals are usually highly, almost like hyper-independent very self-reliant and their greatest fear is usually intimacy and vulnerability. So this style typically develops when caregivers aren't emotionally attuned to a child um, and may have been like quite emotionally distant. So there's this need for a child then to just become very self-reliant and this belief of I don't need anyone Um, I'm okay on my own. I'm just going to take care of myself. And what you typically see in someone who's more avoidant is that they have difficulty seeking support and admitting that they need help. They have this extreme sense of self-reliance and independence. Again, this real need of, I don't need anyone and I don't, I don't need anyone's help. I can do everything on my own. Um, They typically have a tendency to have a positive self-view yet more of a negative or critical view of others and they like to maintain or increase distance when others try to connect emotionally. So you can see this contrast between the anxious and the avoidant attachment styles. Then finally you've got the disorganized attachment or also known as the fearful avoidant. So this is more typical in people who have experienced childhood trauma or abuse and is characterized by demonstrating inconsistent behaviors and having a hard time trusting others. This style typically develops in children whose caregivers were a source of perceived fear instead of safety and connection. Um, Disorganized attachment is identified in inconsistency and unpredictable behaviors Individuals typically oscillate between avoidant and anxious behaviors. So depending on the relationship and almost what another person might spur out of you, you might become a bit more anxious or a bit more avoidant. Um, For these individuals, their caregiver or main source of safety as infants was also their main source of fear. So there's this juxtaposing, you know, I need you as safety, but you're also a source of fear to me. Uh, And these individuals will also struggle with intimacy and building trust in others. So you've got here four different styles. And and obviously, like as I'm talking about it, I'm sure that you're thinking "Mm, that relates to me a bit more or this feels like, you know, my partner or an ex. I can really identify how, you know, how this has come up for me because of my relationship with either, you know, my mom, my dad, both my parents, whatever it is. 
And the main reason why I wanted to share attachment theory with you and talk about attachment styles is because our behaviors, our way of thinking, they're not accidental. You know, we are who we are as individuals and there's, you know, we can talk about nature versus nurture. The idea of attachment styles, of course, comes from nurture. It's talking about the environment around us, our bonds with our primary caregivers and how it's shaped who we are today. For me, the very interesting thing is when I started looking into attachment styles, I really understood so much more of myself and it gave me an opportunity for me to be compassionate with myself and know that, hey, I'm not like this because I'm crazy. No, I think there's this tendency where we either, I think if you're more anxiously attached, kind of like I am, that you almost like gaslight yourself and you're like, oh, I'm just crazy going through these thoughts and feelings. But what this really allows you to do is to take a step back and to understand yourself a bit better. Not only then to understand yourself, but one, you can communicate that to people around you or to your partner and go, oh, okay, so this is how I'm making sense of myself. This is why I think these things. This is why I might get in my head about these things. And then it also allows an opportunity to understand those around us, those closest to us. You know, we're able then to understand and dissect our relationship with our parents and make sense of more intimate relationships. So for me, this is why it's like, it's so both interesting and important to know because I started to then look back on my relationships and go, all right, this in this certain relationship, I really pushed people away. Well, why was it? What was it that was showing up for them? And then how was I then showing up in that relationship? And when I started looking into this, I started to uncover and make sense of how, um, like, I guess like how I would become quite distressed in certain situations, what certain behaviors would bring up and raise anxiety in me that I suppose was quite, um, irrational, I would say at times. And then I started to understand myself so much more. What you'll find is you're not purely just one. We're typically made up of like kind of a majority of one attachment style and then a bit of this, a bit of this, a bit of this. And the best way to find out is to, you know, read up a little bit more. And I think from there you can pretty much figure it out anyway. But if you really want a breakdown, then I'm going to include a link in the show notes so that you can find out what your attachment style is. If you're in a relationship, I would also encourage you to have a chat to your partner and get a bit of insight on you. I mean, I think it's one thing to sit and to reflect on your own thoughts and behavior and to think about, hey, how do I show up in my relationship? Even doing the quiz alone is going to get you to think about a lot of uh, questions and it'll get you to think about certain behaviors and thoughts that Um, you might have. 
And then have a chat to your partner and maybe just get curious about what their attachment style is as well, if that's something that you're comfortable talking about. But the really interesting thing is you're just going to learn something more about yourself. If you already know a lot about attachment styles, awesome. Tune in with me next week as I go into what my attachment style is and how they have shown well, yeah, what my attachment styles are, sorry, and how they've shown up in my relationships. For me, where I really saw it in effect um, was in my last relationship. I still see certain things come up now, but what's so interesting is depending on another person's attachment style, I think it really brings up particular traits or different insecure styles in you. Like I said, we're a mix of them. So I think depending on what the other person is, you kind of reflect something back. I don't want to say use the word triggered, but yeah, it just stirs up something else in you. So I'll be talking about that next week for episode, for part two of this three-part series. So tune in for that. Um, Let me know what you think about breaking up these topics into a different, into this format, into kind of like a a part series rather than doing it all in one long episode. I'm kind of playing around with these different styles. I'm always interested in your feedback. Thank you for those who share your feedback with me. I really appreciate it. I do put so much energy, effort and love into this podcast. So I I love hearing feedback from you guys. Um, As always, thank you for tuning in. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at self double underscore podcast. You can follow me at Amanda Latran. That's Amanda L-E-T-R-A-N. And I will have another episode for you next Thursday. Thanks a lot. Bye.